0: Welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle, a podcast for midlife moms who want to make the next season of life their best one yet. I am your host, Jenny Gwyn. You might find yourself transitioning into a new phase of life as your children become more independent or leave the nest. Mama, I am here to tell you that your life isn't over. You simply have new opportunities ahead of you. After years of pouring your heart and soul into raising your family, it is your turn to reconnect with yourself. In this podcast, we will talk about the joys and challenges of midlife. You will be inspired to rediscover your God-given purpose or to dust off old dreams and make them a reality. You'll learn how to navigate relationships with your adult children, to reconnect in your marriage, or focus on your health by being more active or finally losing the weight you've struggled with for years, whatever this next season of life brings. This podcast will equip and encourage you to be happy, healthy, and holy. Hey friends, welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle. I have a treat for you today. I am sitting here with Sister Miriam James Heidlin. Now, you may have heard of Sister Miriam before. She is on social media, sister is an author. She has a podcast called Abiding Together. Um, I refer to Sister Miriam as a rock star for Jesus. She is on fire with the Holy Spirit, and that has been evident the past few nights as she has led a Lenten mission for Holy Family Church and Mother Teresa Church. So I feel so honored and so blessed to be able to spend some time with her today and to share it with you all. Sister Miriam, welcome. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here with you today on your
1: show. How wonderful.
0: Thank you. So, Sister, I like to have conversations with women who are going all in for Christ. Mm -hmm. Women who've heard God's voice call them into action. And sometimes the path that God calls them on is easy to follow. Mm -hmm. And other times that path leads them to a place that is unknown. Mm -hmm. It might be full of uncertainty, lots of doubts, and sometimes it can be totally unexpected. Mm -hmm. But God calls us in different times during our life, in different seasons, to step out and to give him glory and to be his light mm-hmm. in the world. So can you share with us how God called you to religious life? Um, and if that path was easy or mm-hmm. unexpected, and maybe what came up?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I, first of all, I think the things that you just raised are very important. And I, you know, the path of discipleship, the path of love, as you know, like any other love has its beauties and its sorrows and its joys, and it has its moments of certainty and moments of uncertainty. And it's not always easy, but it's not always difficult either. So there's, it's, it's beautiful. It, there's so many different facets to it, and I think all of us have an idea of if I just say yes to Jesus, or if I say yes to my vocation, it'll be easy. And then when it's not, we're like, oh, what's wrong? Am I doing something wrong? And and we don't understand just the dynamics of life and how the Lord leads us to deeper maturity and deeper security in Him. And, and that's the path of the Paschal mystery of the suffering, death, and the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus. And that's our daily life. So I think that so, kind of takes the pressure off of us of, wow, you know, this is not... You know, you know, this is not what I thought it would be. Or all of us have places where I didn't sign up for this. right? (laughs) And that's okay. And we can look at those places in our life with Jesus and we can allow him to speak the truth to us. And I think that for myself when I heard God call me it was a culmination of, of several years of walking with the Lord really through a Catholic priest who came into my life when I was in college and I grew up Catholic but I was never really devout and I'd never fallen in love with Jesus I didn't know even that was an option it was sad that's really sad that I grew up in the Catholic church but I am not blaming anybody it's just like I did not know that, that falling in love with Christ would be something that was an option and something that would be so vibrant and so captivating and would bring me to the truth of who I actually am in him. And so when I was in college, I didn't go to mass regularly and just kind of did my own thing for a while, but in my heart, there was still something going on. And I can look back at myself then and have tremendous compassion for myself of what I was really looking for, which all of us are looking for is I was looking for love. I was looking to get myself totally in love and to receive love. And when God divinely interrupted my life in the best way possible through the entrance of this priest who'd, who'd been a priest a long time and he was such a good spiritual father to me. And what captivated me first about the whole thing was the way he lived his life. And I'd never met anybody who was that holy and father wasn't perfect. He, I mean, he certainly had his own story, but that man loved Jesus. And it was such a captivating love that you couldn't deny it. Just looking at him and there'd be times he would look at me and his face would be radiant And I just remember, you know, after he had him, he was mentoring me for a few years and I just was suffering a lot and just a lot of the result of a lot of my own decisions that were just out of my own trauma. But I just remember standing before him and he was, you know, this kind of very imposing, like six foot two Indian priest. And and I just remember looking at him saying, Father, I don't know what you've got, but I want that like whatever that is I want that and he just smiled and he said you come and see and so I did after I graduated from college I went down to one of our missions in New Mexico which which is very out of character for me it's it's very divinely humorous and it was there in the silence which I I I fought I, I tried so hard to avoid silence in my life because when it was silent all this stuff would come up that I didn't want to think about so I always had to have something on or I didn't mean there were no cell phones back then but I would have had I would have been constantly distracted because I and I was in various ways because I couldn't stand the silence but it Our mission there. There was no TV, and there was there was nothing. It was the desert. It was the Lord. It was a bunch of people living in a community together, and it was there that I heard Jesus call me, and I heard Him call me to be His bride. And I did not know what I was signing up for. I didn't, you know, (laughs) like all of us, you know, we had no idea. But I just knew in my heart. I knew in the depths of my heart, like the core of me, that this was what God was calling me to. And it was like a divine puzzle piece that had been missing. That God put the piece into the puzzle, and He made the picture complete. And I tell you, Jenny, I've known ever since that moment. I have known ever since that moment that Jesus was calling me. And I've gone back to him many times over 25 years now of, you know, coming to my community. and like, Lord, is this really still, we're still <laughs> right. doing this, you know? And it's always yes. And so it, that steadfast love has given me the anchoring to navigate the, the highs and the lows of life because Christ does not change. And he's always with me. And I think that's one of the best realities of our faith that God does not leave us. And that is not a nice thing we read on greeting cards. It is true. And that's the ache, that's the love we long for. A love that will never end, that will never leave us, will never mock us, will never forsake us. A love that always speaks the truth love and love that is always present.
0: Right. And I think listening to you talk, one of the biggest obstacles when God starts nudging you, when mm-hmm. you begin to hear that voice, is the feeling of unworthiness. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's somebody else who's more worthy or mm-hmm. why God can see in our hearts. He can see... The struggles and the sins and mm-hmm. the shame, yeah. and so we often think, "Why, why me, Lord? There's somebody better out there." Mm-hmm. Did you, did you have any like feelings of unworthiness, or why me, Lord? Mm-hmm. Oh, certainly.
1: I mean, and I can still to this day look at so many beautiful men in my life, and they're so much holier than me. I'm like, Lord, but you know, the Lord called me, and I, and I think after a while, I. I kind of release that belief because none of us are ever going to be worthy enough. I mean, that's, it's just, and we can kind of play that game our whole life, but so that's true. But in the truth that the Lord calls us and that he loves us and that that's the deepest truth of, all right, Lord, I see this in my heart. And St. Julian of Norwich, a wonderful woman, saint in our church she said, she said that when God sees our sin, he sees our pain. And so a lot of times what's underneath our are areas of sinfulness, like we talked about in the mission of it's a deep places of pain in my life where I have, you know, unresolved trauma or I've unconfessed sin, or I just have areas in my life where I'm suffering and I don't know what to do with it. So I try to manage it on my own. And the Lord comes to restore us. And so I think when all of us experience at times of that, okay, Lord, I'm not worthy, and that's what the enemy does we can just turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, I love you. And I just love me here. Like, love me here and tell me the truth about myself because he's the only one who can tell us the complete and total truth about who we are because he sees us in our totality.
0: Right. And sister, last night in the mission, you said something that was so profound to me. I was thinking about it today during my prayer time, and you were talking about Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. And when they chose to eat the forbidden fruit, mm-hmm. it left them naked. Mm-hmm. They were scared mm-hmm. and they were hiding from God. Mm-hmm. And you talked about in that moment, that's in their hiding. That's when they put on the fig leaves. Yeah. But the comment you made was that we all have a closet full of fig leaves. <laughs>
1: I, I really do believe that. Yeah.
0: And so we all have, especially I think as women, there's so much pressure from social media and mm-hmm. the culture to not let any insecurities or, you know, we put filters on our pictures when we post them on Instagram or Facebook. Like yeah. we always want to put our best foot forward mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that until then, until we're, um, not really who we are, you know, Mm -hmm. like we're called to be authentic. Mm -hmm. So will you talk a little bit about those fig leaves and how they show
1: up in our life? sure yeah i think over you know, so many years you know as we study scripture so many writers have written about before the fall they were naked without shame and it is really beautiful that the writer of genesis could have said anything they were naked without fear they were naked without self-condemnation they were but they were naked without shame that's very interesting right. and then after the fall they are shattered and then shame enters and they're still naked but they're they, but now it becomes a threat rather than an invitation to rest in divine goodness and and they hide and so that those places of where we, we find ourselves in our nakedness unlovable. It's not our nakedness. It's the places we hold shame. It's the places that we we find ourselves unlovable, where we've had experiences where people have not been able to receive our brokenness. They have not been able to receive our weakness. And so we learn from a very young age of, of how to survive. And, and by the time we get to be adults, we really do have a whole closet full. And just, I think you could just note, I mean, I notice myself in different social situations of, <clears throat> and I'm not, when we talk about authenticity, I'm not talking about kind of the pop culture phrase of like, oh, you do you. That's not authenticity. Right. True authenticity is becoming like Christ in the person that we are. So, but I just noticed myself places where you know, I'm with a group of people and I want to be, I want to appear intelligent or I want to appear like I have it all together or places. I feel like a little girl. Like I'm like, I'm among adults. I'm 46, but it's like, I feel like a little girl here. Everybody else has grown up, but I feel like a kid. And usually it's in those places where we try to, we, we, oh, it just, it's just our beautiful hearts trying to find security and rest and, the, the, the remedy for that is is coming before the Lord in our nakedness and letting the Lord see us kissing our scars, kissing our wounds, healing our sin. And then God sends us people to be able to receive us in appropriate levels in those, re, in those regards as well, which is why, you know, look at the sacrament of marriage is really, you know, Dr. Bob Schutz talked about, talks about in his book, Be Transformed, that the, the sacrament of marriage heals the wound of fear because the covenant of marriage, ideally what it does in its form is it give space for all of this to come out and to still be loved, which is just an icon, a window of how God loves us, like our baptism, like we talked about in the mission of how our baptism is the covenant where everything can come out and it's safe to come out because God is not leaving. And I think, especially for us as women, when we know that the, our, the one who loves us will not leave us and that we can be as we are in a struggle and have joys and sorrows, and that gives our hearts just safety, to rest. And that's the garden, that's a song of songs. And so that's what we all long for. That's what we all long for. So I think when we notice those fig leaves in ourselves, we're like, all right, Jesus, here I go again. Like, I want to put this on. Please help me just to, Lord, just love me here in my littleness. Just help me to be honest with you. It's just amazing how even in those small moments we're at a cocktail party, we want to, like, you know, our kids are like on the couch watching Netflix and the other kids are going to Yale and we're like, oh, I want to, you know, it's like, right, okay, Lord, I'm just, I'm not going to pretend. I'm just going to be with you and just admit the truth and you're going to love me here. So, right. And yeah. I would the fig
0: leaves in my life. I was thinking about like the different seasons in my life and how those fig leaves have showed up as busyness. Oh, hey, that's a good one. You know, like, mm-hmm. I'm too busy. Oh, or, yeah. of course, there's always the fear and the self-doubt. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm not worthy or mm-hmm. God's not really calling me to mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they show up. Like, when you sit down and think about the ways that you wear the the fig leaves, either to hide from God, to hide from what's inside of you mm-hmm. that needs healing mm-hmm. or that, you know, that struggle that you think, I'm the only one in the world that has this so struggle nobody true, yes. else would understand. But it it was just um, so interesting this morning to explore, especially a passage that we have read so many times Mm -hmm. um, and the fig leaves with. It was such a unique way Mm -hmm. to look at how we wear these different hats, especially as women, as moms, Mm -hmm. as, you know, women working in the church or, Mm -hmm. you know, in different as wives, whatever Mm -hmm. it is that we do sometimes put on those fig leaves and they can also separate us from God.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's true. And, And we we spoke about how Adam says, you know, I was, I was afraid because I'm naked, not because you're scary God or because you won't love me, but because I'm naked. And, and that's true. And it doesn't just the Lord's kindness of him continuing to come to us saying, where are you? Where I love you. And, and we are the ones who just in our own brokenness and our sins separate ourselves from God. God never separates himself from us. He, right. there's no place that he won't go with us or that, you know, is, is hidden to him. Like Psalm 139, you know, Lord, you search me and you know me, you know everything. And so I think that for all of us, maybe this Lent is a, a special way of like you, that was a, such a beautiful prayer. Like Jesus, Jesus revealed to me my fig leaves and, and allow him to to speak to the places where we're hiding because he wants to see and he wants, and we want to be seen. And so he loves to do that. That's a, I love that. I love that that was your prayer this morning.
0: Yes. And then the other question that you posed during the mission last night was, Jesus, what are you inviting me to this Lent? Mm -hmm. And you made the comment that where you are on Ash Wednesday should be different than where you end up on Easter Sunday. Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. Lent is, and it was so funny because sister, I'm the one who gives up Cheetos. (laughs) Cheetos. I love Cheetos. In fact, I wish carrots taste like Cheetos. You know, they look the same. They're small, but I love Cheetos. And so when you said last night that Len is more than about just giving up Cheetos, I was like, oh, she's speaking to me. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, another thing I was thinking about during my prayer time is that how can I be a different person? Like how if we have 40 days and it's so easy to get wrapped up in life and before you know it, it's Holy Week. So.
1: How can we be a different person by Easter Mm -hmm. Sunday? Mm -hmm. I think that's a great question. And I think it's us continually turning our focus on God. So often our focus on Lent is ourself. And it's really backwards because that's not what Jesus is asking. He's asking us to focus on Him because He's led into the desert by the Holy Spirit. So we're going to be led into the desert by the Holy Spirit and Jesus. We're not gonna lead ourselves. We're not gonna take ourselves on a journey. And I think that throughout our Lent, turning to Jesus, say, Jesus, what are you inviting me to? And we're just going to keep asking him because it's going to help us keep turning our face toward the Lord because the Lord is the one who reveals the truth to ourselves To And the Lord is the one who sees the transformation of places we're not yet fully human, the places we're not living into the fullness of our baptismal identity. He sees those places and he can help us. He's the one who can help us. So I think Honestly, and I just was praying about that in my own prayer this morning, right? just continually this line, okay, Jesus, in this situation where I usually do this, this is the thing that I do, every time that person says this, I do this. Right before you do that, just to be like, okay, Jesus, Jesus what are you inviting me to? Right. Like, what are you inviting me to? And that, because Christ is the one who transforms, he, he changes the form of our suffering, he changes the form of our love, and he makes it fragrant, beautiful like his. So we're just going to keep turning to him this land and we're just gonna see what happens. And what we're gonna find is that on Easter Sunday, we're gonna find part of our life has been resurrected. And maybe in a way we couldn't even foresee on Ash Wednesday. And that's, and I, and I you know, I was joking about the Cheetos, but like, that's your thing. And like, do it. But because it's like, what is our, what are the things we grasp onto? What does that mean to us? Many times it's our comfort. It's our security. It's the place where we go when we don't want to feel what's going on inside. So we, all of us have those places. So when we want to turn to those things and we're going to feel the ache, that's okay, okay. But in that, okay, Jesus, what are you inviting me to? And that's, that's where we really come to know the Lord.
0: And life coaching, when I work with women, I use the term buffering. And so mm -hmm. we have, we all have something that Mm -hmm. we buffer with Mm -hmm. that, you know, whether it's food or drink or scrolling on social media or binge watching Netflix, Mm -hmm. there's something that we go to when those feelings of discomfort or uncertainty come up because we don't always know how to process them. Or like you said earlier, we think there's something wrong. Like there's something wrong with me that, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel unworthy or shame. And all of, I, I always share with my clients that those, all of the emotions, God gave us all of our emotions. Mm -hmm. He gave us all of those feelings. And at times they are to warn us about something in our life that's maybe not quite right. Mm -hmm. But then we also have on the other side, those emotions that help us truly experience all that life has to offer. Yes. Um, And so as women are going through Lent and they're looking for that that invitation that God's extending, it could also be that invitation to step into that new ministry or, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe pursue that new goal or dream mm-hmm. and letting go of that buffer. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity to really
1: hear the voice of God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a great, uh, that's a great point. And I, I appreciate your word buffering. That's really true. Of. Uh, there are different seasons in our life where God invites us to different things. And if, if we are in a vocation, it's not outside of our vocation or it's not to make up for the places our vocation isn't quote unquote fulfilling us. Cause that's very dangerous, but it's through our vocation and through our call to love that God calls us to a deeper love and, So continuing to to sit with him and say, Jesus, you know, Jesus, what are you calling me to? What are you inviting me to? Where are you calling me to love more deeply? Where are you calling me to bring your love to the world, to the church? And the heart of women and our feminine voice, Jenny, and our maternity is so needed. The the church is a mother and the world needs a mother. And every single one of us, whether we are biological mothers or spiritual mothers, every woman is a mother. And that is the most mature part of her identity. And every single one of us, even if we have a lot of places that have been broken by sorrow and suffering, Every woman, if if we really intuit into the... All of us want to give the gift of ourselves in love and we want to be attentive to the person. We want to bless. We want to bring life. We want to bring beauty. We want to bring nurturing. We want to bring strength and, and kindness and just the way that our lady moves and she's just so beautiful and that's our heart. And, and I think the Lord is especially in a a very particular way, raising up women to really be authentic mothers, not the ones who hover or manipulate or dominate, but who bless and who support and who are strong and, and who speak the truth and who are loving and kind and good. And we, we all almost need a mama. We never grew out of that, Absolutely. you know? Yeah.
0: Yes. And it was, I loved last night when you were praying before the mission. Um, I have a devotion to the Blessed Mother. And just to hear you call her mama, yeah. like that's so intimate. And mm-hmm. it's what we all long for mm-hmm. is that that connection. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the heart of a woman is so needed yes. in this broken world.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, mm-hmm. there there are broken people all around us. And at times we may think that, you know, God has to call us to something huge, like mm-hmm. going to Africa mm-hmm. or starting a new ministry, mm-hmm. but sometimes it can just be ministering the person that lives next door or Amen. someone in your family mm-hmm. or your coworker that sits beside you at the next desk, mm-hmm. like bringing the light of Christ to those people.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And and both are true. And, and God calls all of us at times to very things that seem very big and he calls all of us at times things that seem very small and I I don't know about you but there are many times I have missed the hearts of the people that I live with Right, and here I am traveling the country and I I have so often just missed their hearts I'm like oh Lord please (laughs) you know like Mother Teresa says love begins at home and Lord, I, just please, and, and it's, you know, Jesus, show me the hearts of the people that live with this land. Like, help me to love them well. And not to try to take responsibility for them, but just to love them well. Jesus, what are you, yeah, you know, what are you calling me to?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, that's beautiful. So, sister, as you were answering God's call, mm-hmm. and, you know, as you entered religious life, How long was it before you started speaking and writing and traveling around
1: the country? Oh, it was quite some time. Um, I would say it was probably about, um, I started traveling um, probably about 10 years. Okay. So I majored in communications in college and I wanted to work for ESPN, our news company. And then when God called me to religious life, I remember thinking, Oh, I should have been a doctor. Like, you know, like what, <laughs> like what a, what a useless degree. And it's true. I mean, nothing is ever wasted with God. And so I was on the debate team in college and I had given a lot of talks in a very like a secular setting, but I'd never given like a religious talk. And so when I made my first vows, I was, my first mission assignment was North Dakota and we had a confirmation group there. And so somebody was like, Hey, can you give a talk to a confirmation group and that was the first time, you know, I had done that. And then I coached volleyball uh, on the reservation there on Indian reservation. And, you know, the nun coaching volleyball at a public high school <laughs> was like, oh, that's. So it started to get out. But then it was really when I moved to Seattle in 2004 that the Catholic radio station was like, hey, you know, we heard you're new in town. We heard you're local. I'm from the Northwest. And we heard you coach volleyball and kind of tell us your story. And it was that one, it was that one call, like one interview on the Catholic radio station. I started getting invites from youth conferences and, you know, uh, confirmation retreats. And so that, and then but that was, it just grew over time. And I think that's one of the discernment tools of, you know, how is God calling us to this is there's, it's rooted in our vocation and there's a deep peace that goes to it. And it's, it, it's, it's the Lord's work and it opens up systematically. And so to this day, know, that's been many years and I do mostly adult events now. And I do a lot of work with healing of priests and religious sisters with a Paul II healing center out of Florida. But the Lord has made it very clear that this is his ministry and that he has opened doors, honey, he has shut doors. He has right. pruned, he has given growth and, to this day, I don't have an agent. I don't have a website. I don't have, it's just the Lord opening hearts. And so it's always a deep discernment of like Lord. And, and I think that the enemy, I'm sure you'd talk about this in life coaching. The enemy of the best is always the good. Right. It's not usually the bad. The enemy, the enemy of the best, is always the good, and so there is always that temptation to do all the all the good things that are lesser than what is the best God is asking me to do now, and and that's that's always a deep discernment. So it's good to have people with us that can help us discern. Like we can't discern by ourselves. So if you're if you feel like the Lord's calling you to do something new or to do something, just to ask, start asking good friends who are wise in the spiritual life, if you're a spiritual director, just because they know you and they can help you and they can also point out things you might not see. And so we, we have to do it in community. It's hard to do. It by ourselves
0: right and then did you when you started speaking or maybe when you were on that that radio show mm-hmm. in seattle did you have the thought oh god is calling me to be a speaker or was it more like you looked back after a couple of years and realized the path that
1: you had been on it was looking back over the years and I it's very interesting even though I don't consider myself a speaker it's just funny I'm just like a, gr- a girl who loves Jesus and I'm his bride and he takes this little this little vessel of his and all over but uh yeah I didn't I didn't have that as a goal in my life um yeah I just think that's dangerous to see. when we start when we make him and I've God has purified me and he still does that of like making a ministry an idol um, Um, Because it's very easy for us to make idols out of things that are good, but they just become our center. And so, and we can tell because when something doesn't work out, does it affect our identity? Are we disappointed or is it like, oh my gosh, I'm awful. And so just like, oh gosh, the Lord has been so kind and patient with me over the years. And so I I, I understand, and I'm still on a journey, thank God, of, of understanding that more deeply, but that desire. So I think paying attention to our desires of, you know, well, what do you call me? Like, what are my desires? What brings me life? Like, what are the things that I feel deeply and, and fully alive in, or the things that really bring joy? Or what are the things people say about me that, hey, I see this in you. It's amazing how our friends will often see our gifts. They will sing our song, even when we've forgotten. And so just pay attention to in life of like, where do where are the places people really affirm me when they say, gosh, you have a really great gift of service, or you have a great gift of encouragement or compassion, or you have a great gift of leadership. Have you ever thought, and those are great things to take take into prayer because it's through those places of giftedness and the things that bring us life that the Lord calls us into deep places. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I read a quote one time. um, I think it was by Joseph Campbell
0: that said, if you can see the path in front of you, it is not your path. Mm. That your path will, you'll, each step that you take, you'll mm-hmm. know because it's unique to you mm-hmm. and it will, God will light it up at mm-hmm. just the right time. That's a good And word. I think, you know, as women who are so used to taking care of everything and making sure the clothes are washed and mm-hmm. the dinners cooked, especially for those of us who are moms that we want to fix everything. <laughs> and we want to take control. Yes! And so sometimes following God's call is letting go, not oh having gosh. control. And like you said, it's a surrender and mm-hmm. allowing him to guide each step.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, like we have an idea of this is how it should be and this is what it should look like. But mm-hmm. very rarely does God <laughs> have the same plans that we have sometimes.
1: Sure. Yeah, that that's a great point. And I think for women especially, one of the best things that we can surrender to Jesus uh, this Lenten season, and it's something that I try to do every day, is just surrender control. And that's, you know, you look in the garden. So we talked about the fall last night in the parish mission of, you know, you see that the fall, the particular sorrow of woman would be around relationships of, you know, your desire will be for your husband. He will dominate over you, which was not the original intent. And in pain, you'll bring forth children. It's not just childbearing, it's relationships. And women, John Paul Second says, women will always bear the deeper suffering in relationships because the way of our hearts are made. And so one of the ways we try to buffer that suffering is to buy control or by manipulation or by nagging or by all the things that we try to do to, to maintain control. And, I, and, and then all of us, you know, we had places of our life where life was out of control and it was very painful. And so we, we try to, at all costs, make sure that doesn't happen again. But the only way that we can really go through these places with Jesus and asking him, you know, Jesus, I give you control. Even if It's really scary. Jesus, I give you control. I, I renounce control in my life and I renounce the spirit of control. Lord, I pray that you would take care of me. Jesus, you take care of me and teach me, teach me how to walk in your providence. You know, I need a savior. I need a refuge. Please come and be that. And I don't know about you, but I find myself much more peaceful when I do that. And it never works out for me when I try to control. It just, it's like never works. Right. So I keep, I keep having to learn that lesson. I don't know about you, but it's like,
0: oh yeah, that, sorry about that, Lord. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Control can definitely be one of those fig leaves. Exactly. That's a great insight. Yes. That we put on just to, Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: and often it can be to buffer, you know, when you're in control, you're not having to deal with what else is going on.
1: That's a really great point. Yeah. And it, it like gives us the illusion of not having to be vulnerable. Because if I'm in control, then you can't hurt me. Exactly. And so I'm going to make sure that you can't hurt me. And, and all that does is it tells us the tender places of our heart that have been hurt. And we're trying so hard to stop the pain there. And so that's, yeah, that's a great, that's a great insight you have there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. So sister, was there a time that you knew without a doubt that you were living your vocation? You know, when you mm-hmm. were, and maybe it was when God called you to religious life and then, you um, became a speaker, you started Mm -hmm. speaking to youth groups and Mm -hmm. then you said God was, you didn't have a website or um, an agent or anything. Was there a defining moment when you knew this is what I'm supposed to be doing.
1: Mm -hmm. I've had many of those. And I think one of the very first ones was when God called me when I was at that mission in New Mexico where after I graduated from college and it was in the silence where I had a signal grace that God pierced my soul. And this is, he invited me to this life. He called me. And I remember where I was sitting that day. You know, it was you know, almost 25 years ago now. I remember what I was sitting in the office, Father's office, I was sitting in a chair and we were just chatting and God just used a very innocent comment that Father made that he just pierced my soul. And and like I said, it was like the puzzle that made the picture complete. And I, I've i gone back to that moment, Jenny, so many times over the years. And just in times of, like you said, we don't, we don't know the way before us and and we walk with the Lord and the Lord illumines our steps, but it's this deep interior peace. And I think if you've um, studied Father Timothy Gallagher, gives a wonderful teaching on discernment of spirits. And so we talk about consolation versus desolation or agitation versus peace and God always moves in peace. And so the peace that we're talking about is not just an absence of conflict, but it's shalom at its deepest level means a rightly ordered relationship, rightly restored relationship. So you and I, as we walk in our vocations, can like say, if if you use like a water analogy, on the on the upper waves are very tumultuous and, and maybe we have anxiety, we have some fear. But when we turn in quiet to the Lord, we experience deep peace at the bottom, which sometimes the enemy will mimic the inverse of like sur- piece of the surface because it looks peaceful. But at the core, the Lord's like, do not do that or come to me here. And so- That's why we have to have, and I mean this in all sincerity, we have to have a deep interior life with Jesus, because that's the thing, like for me, the best thing about being a religious sister, even if my community came to me and said, tomorrow you're done, you're not speaking anymore, what would still remain is that I'm married to Jesus. Right, And would I mourn the loss of of like speaking and being with people? I certainly would. I don't think they would do that. I'm just giving you an example, a very strange example. But at the heart of that, nobody can take away like that deep intimacy with Christ. And that's what a religious sister is, that it's the heart of love. And everything flows out from that heart of love. So that is always the most important thing for you and I. It's it's in the garden with Jesus. We have to go to the inner room. Like Jesus is going to tell us on Ash Wednesday, go to the inner room and pray to your father in secret. And that's the song of songs. That's the inner room where the bride and the groom have intimate contact that has got to be our daily life because if it's not something else will try to take its place whether it's our spouses our kids our work something else will vie for that place in our heart and that's when our loves become out of order and that's when it just things get really difficult so jesus is like come to the peace come to the inner room come here and i'm gonna teach you how to love and then and then our life takes on a brilliance
0: and I love that you talk about Jesus always leads in peace. Mm-hmm. And sister, do you think within that peace that you can still experience fear and
1: mm-hmm. doubt? And oh, yes. Certainty? Oh, yes. Yes. And we will often experience those things on the upper levels of the ocean, right? So, so like the ocean floor versus the surface. So we're going to have, of course, there's going to be things that are going to rage and we're going to be afraid at times and we're going to have serious doubts. But one of the ways we know it's truly the Lord you know, and you just think about some of the difficult decisions that you've had to make in your life and maybe whatever that is. And when we know it's the Lord, we can admit those things, but we know I'm like, this is what the Lord is asking me to do. And we know it's the Lord because what he's asking us to do is right. It's in, in congruity with all of his other teachings. It's his voice. It is objectively good, true, and beautiful. He's not asking us to do something that's off, you know, off, off center. So yes. And that's okay that's okay and we can experience all of that and still in the heart of hearts experience a deep peace of sometimes all it is is lord i know you're with me here i don't know what's going to happen but i know you're with me and and because that is true i'm going to keep walking
0: i had an experience um in discerning where god was leading me i worked in a church and school for 26 years Mm. as a teacher administrator Mm -hmm. and then i was the director of religious education and i felt god calling me to leave that behind, mm. a place that was very familiar, a place mm-hmm. where um, my mom went to school and I went to school and my children. So it was a community that was I, I was a huge part of, mm. and I felt God calling me to become this Catholic life coach to start this new ministry. And I couldn't understand why are you God? Why are you asking me to leave what's familiar, what I'm good at? Mm-hmm. Like this is brand new over here. It's it's there's so much uncertainty and fear, and will I even be good at it? And I was sitting in church one day praying because I had to make the decision and let my pastor know and, you know, just praying and praying. And I it was one of those moments where I literally heard the voice of God wow. and I heard him say, you have to open your hands and let something go so that I can place something new in them. Mm. And it was one of those moments mm. that I even looked behind me because I'm like, there's somebody yeah. speaking in my ear. But it was so profound. And it was letting something go because God always gives you something better. Mm. Mm. And it was in letting go mm. of what how I thought things should be. I thought I would retire from this church and school. I'd been there 26 years. I was gonna retire from there, but God was calling me in a different direction. And I think for women, you know, what you're good at, what you're familiar with, going in a different direction at times can be really scary.
1: Mhm. Mhm. Oh, I'm wondering if I could ask you because I would love to hear on your heart since you have made that decision and walked into these new places as a life coach, what are some new things that you've observed? Like what are some beautiful blessings that you would have never thought possible?
0: I see God using me. Um, like He's, I'm, it's it's interesting because there are so many similarities mm-hmm. in the teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, it was something that I was good at, and mm-hmm. that has continued. You mm-hmm. know, I thought I had to leave everything behind. Sure. I loved working in ministry and leading women's groups. And so he's, I'm just working with women and leading groups in a different way. So
1: wow.
0: you know, it was all of those experiences, like you talked about, getting your communications degree, mm-hmm. all of those years of teaching and leading church groups, and all of those things were part of this path that I'm on. Mm. And so I think, you know, when women look back, all of the dinners they've hosted or the food they've cooked or the, you know, the field trips they've coordinated, or whatever it is, all of that is part of the journey mm-hmm. that's equipping them to step into wherever
1: God is calling them next. Mm. Amen. That's a great word. I agree with you. I, I Nothing is ever wasted in the economy of salvation. Yeah. I, amen. That's beautiful. And it, people can't see, wish they could see you because your face is radiant. Oh, like thank you. As you talk about that, your face is vibrant and beautiful. And I can tell there's a lot of life on that. And that's, that's I think, one of the indications of, of divine guidance is there's a, a luminosity that comes from that, which you can totally see on your face. Yeah.
0: And there is a sense of peace. But there's also, <laughs> I experience frustration and doubt and all of that is part of the journey Mm -hmm. but you know like you said finding that quiet time yep and and you may agree with this that those days that things don't go right and you find yourself being impatient and frustrated it's often the days that I may have skipped that quiet time or that prayer time or just you know kind of done it without really thinking about it Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's so true that is so true yeah
0: yes So sister, as we wrap up today, um, do you have any final words of wisdom for our moms or women out there who feel the nudge from God and are are thinking of taking the next step?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I think the first thing that comes to me is just to thank, just to thank all women just for the beauty of their heart and just for all the ways, my dear sisters, that you love in the ways that only Jesus sees all the tiny sacrifices, all the ways that you've poured your heart out in ways that people don't even know the only Jesus knows. I just want to thank you. I just want to bless you for your faithful love. And it's an honor to be a woman and to be able to love like that. And mm-hmm. yeah, so just, just an overflowing, just care for your listeners and just for you. And, um, I think the best thing we can do is stay close to the heart of Jesus and just follow him wherever He wants us to go. And the Lord will always, if it's really, the Lord will always lead us to him. He'll lead us to the truth. He will lead us to the heart of his church. he He will always keep us safe in that harbor of his heart. and and I the deeper we go into his heart, the more beautiful it becomes. So i my advice for anybody was just would be just to stay close to Jesus and see what He does. Just see what he opens up. See what doors he opens. See what doors he closes. And 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 yet, yeah, Jesus, what are you inviting me to? And, and see what happens. It's a fun adventure. Yeah.
0: Amen. <laughs> Thank you, sister, so much for being here today and um, just sharing so many beautiful thoughts and words of wisdom. Will you close us with prayer? Sure.
1: Yeah, let's do that. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Uh, jesus we love you we love you we love you we thank you for your kindness for your goodness for your love that never ends your love that wraps itself around every part of our heart every part of our lives and we we commend ourselves to you jesus we ask for the grace to deeply surrender to release control and to allow you to take care of us I pray that you would watch over each one of us, especially this Lenten season, that you would lead us and guide us, that we would hear your heart. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would breathe new life on each one of us. You would bring us to life in the deepest places. We just pray for healing in all of our relationships, healing in our lives. And Mother Mary, we turn to you, Mama. We ask for your tender intercession, that you would teach us more deeply what it means to be women, what it means to be daughters and sisters and wives and mothers, and to be able to give our hearts totally to your Son, wrapped in your tender care. And we just ask for a special blessing upon us all and we make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Amen. All right, friends, Mm -hmm. stay happy, healthy, and holy, and I will see you next week. God bless. For more information on Catholic Moms in the Middle or to set up your complimentary Moms in the Middle mentoring session, go to catholicmomsinthemiddle.com or find me on Facebook at Catholic Moms in the Middle for even more encouragement and support as you embrace this next season of life. The music for this podcast was written by Sean Williams, Catholic composer and musician. You'll find more of Sean's original music at MusicBySeanWilliams.com. That is MusicBySean, S H A W N, Williams.com.